Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. Good morning, everyone. So good to have you here with us today as we continue in our service together and our series together. And I, I want to start off with a quote by a famous pastor and author, uh, Oswald Chambers. He wrote a, a devotional book called My Utmost for His Highest, uh, one of the first books as a young Christian that I read and went through it for years and years. I'd encourage you to pick it up if you've never uh, uh, read that. But Oswald Chambers said this. He said, the mind of man is the battleground on which every moral and spiritual battle is fought. Let me say that again. The mind of man is the battleground on which every moral and spiritual battle is fought. That's what we've been talking about in this series. This war this battle that's going on in our mind. And we're talking about how you and I can actually find success, how we can be victorious in our mind wars, because what is in our minds, it eventually comes out in our lives, that our thought life will dictate our behavior. So if you're thinking good thoughts, that's great. Good comes out of your life. But man, if you're thinking bad thoughts, evil thoughts, terrible thoughts, then that bad and awful and terrible ends up coming out in your life. And what happens? That hurts you. It hurts the, those you have a relationship with. And it hurts the life that God wants to have for you and that he desires you to have. Ralph Waldo Emerson said it this way. He said, beware of what you set your mind on, because that you will surely become. Emerson and the Apostle Paul were both talking about a very similar idea. They were talking about our thought filter, our thought filter. When it comes to filters, when you just think about the word filter, when it comes to filters, it's necessary to use the right filter to get the results that you want. You need the right filter to get the results you want. Uh, we have a, a, a filter, a water filter in our house, and it went, it finally went out after 19 years, and so it's time to, to get a new water filter. And uh, me being me, for those of you who know me, it wouldn't surprise you that I did a lot of research and research and more research and kept researching. And so I know everything there is to know about water filters now. And so if you need one, come talk to me because I will tell you everything the salespeople don't want you to know. Okay, to make sure you get the right one. Uh, but anyway, in this process, what I discovered as I was looking to get this new uh, filter is, is I, I, I installed what was called Big Blue. Now, Big Blue is this 20-inch filter housing that you put inside of it the particular filter media by, uh, based on what you want to filter out. And so... Well, I had to decide, what did I want to filter out? Well, it depends on the results I want. You filter out based on the results that you want. Now, I was, I'm on city water, and so that I knew that I, I needed to filter out the chlorine taste and the chloramines and the, and the contaminants. And so I got a carbon filter. That's what I put in in Big Blue. If you're on well water, some of you might be on well water, you might have a filter that will filter out the iron because you might have excess of iron. Or you might have a sediment filter because you want to uh, filter out all the particulates in the water. The, par the proper filter is needed to give you the results that you want and that you're looking for. 
Well, today what I want to do is I want to look further into Paul, the Apostle Paul, into his thought filter. We touched on it briefly a few weeks ago, but I want to circle back to it. I want to dive in a little deeper. This would be one of those weeks I would really encourage you to take notes because we're looking at a lot of items and, and it'll be easy to forget them. So I'd encourage you to jot these down either with paper or even on your phones or, or, or iPads. And Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He says one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Say thoughts. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about our thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Paul is providing for us here our thinking filter. Now, why does this matter? Because as we continue to say, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. The life you have right now is a result of your strongest thoughts. And so you want to have the right filter for the right results. The right filter for the right results. So if you want to change your life, change your thinking. Change your filter. Now your thought, your thought filter is just like your body's physical filter that you have. We all have a built-in filter in our bodies. Every one of us has this. Anybody know what it is by any chance? It starts with a K. Your what? Your kidney, right? Your, your, your kidneys. What's the primary job of your kidneys? It's to filter out the extra water, to filter out the waste, the impurities, and the poisons. If your kidneys or kidney, if you have one kidney, if it stops working, what happens? The toxins, the impurities build up inside of us and eventually we would die. The kidney is critical to filter out the junk that's in our lives, that's inside of us. Well, God gives us a thought filter to filter out the junk in our lives, to filter out the waste and the impurities in our lives. And if we don't filter that out, the poisons of this world are going to build up inside of us. And we're not going to live the life that God has for us. We're not going to live out God's purposes for our life. We're not going to experience life to the fullest that Jesus came to give us. So we want to filter out the impurities and the poisons. And so Paul gives us this thought filter. Let's go through these. The first thought filter, Paul says, is he says, I want you to fix your thoughts. That's what we're talking, our thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true. So the first filter is our truth filter. Would you agree with me that one of the great commodities of God is truth? That God is truth? That he is the God of all truth? Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the what? The truth and the life. God, the Holy Spirit, is also truth, we're told in John 16. And Jesus prayed in the garden in John 17, and he said to God, he said, he said Father, sanctify them by your truth. Then he said, your word, God, is truth. God specializes in truth. So Paul says, run your thoughts through a truth filter. And you will find that in the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and in the word of God. Now, why do we need this particular truth filter in our life? Because our society says there's no such thing as absolute truth. Have you figured that out? Our culture is telling us that truth is relative. That's called moral relativity. In other words, 
your truth may not be my truth. Truth is relative. That's what society says to you and I. And so we are just constantly exposed to moral relativity, which is why a constant injection of unchangeable truth, God's truth, is so critical for us so that we can discern. Excuse me. So that we can discern what is true and what is false. What is true and what is false. All right, we're almost, there we go. Sounds good. No worries. It happens. We all do it. It's all cool. For those who are online, we just had 10 phones go off at once. So there we go. All right. God's truth is critical. It helps us to discern what's not true, what's impure. God's truth is critical. So we're not, you ready for this? We're not deceived. The Bible talks about in the last days that even the elect could be deceived. This is more important for us now more than ever before because the most common deception today is that feelings override truth. Would you agree with that? We live in a society, a culture today, where truth is now run through a feelings filter. How do I feel about that person? How do I feel about that circumstance, that situation? How do I feel about that political issue? My feelings guide me rather than God's absolute truth. And Paul said this, when feelings trump our truth, he talked about this in Romans chapter 1, and he talks about what happens to people, this slide in society. He says this of them, when those people give, when we give up truth, Romans 1.21, their thoughts have become complete nonsense. Man, have you thought at times nowadays, as you hear people speak, whether it's on the news, whether it's people at work, whatever, and you think to yourself, that's complete nonsense. Has that crossed your mind? I mean, I'm like, my goodness, how did you come up with that? There, there is no ounce of reality in what you're saying. There is no truth in what you're saying. Why, why is that? Well, the Bible tells us in the last days, 2 Timothy chapter 4, it says, people will refuse to listen to the truth and turn to myths. So when I ask the question, how is it possible? How could people refuse? How are they following such complete nonsense? We're in the last days. And in the last days, people will literally refuse to listen to truth. We see this, as Paul said, complete nonsense of people refusing to listen to truth with the worst advice that's ever given to the, in the history of mankind. And that's this advice. If you've given this advice before, just, you know, time to change that and stop giving it. Well, I've been thinking about you, what you said, and here's my advice. Just follow your heart. Listen, that is the worst advice you could ever give somebody, ever. Why? Because Scripture tells us, God's, your word is truth. The truth tells us, in Jeremiah chapter 17, the heart, or the, the heart, the mind, we're all talking the same thing, the heart is deceitful above all things, and it's desperately wicked. Who can know it? Man, your heart, your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, they're deceiving you. That's what Scripture says. And so your thoughts, your mind, your heart, it needs a filter. 
It needs a truth filter. It needs God's truth filter, specifically God's word of truth. That's our filter. That's our standard, not our feelings, not our circumstances, not any, quote, truth that contradicts God's word. In fact, anything that contradicts the truth of God is simply a counterfeit or even a lie. How can I change my thinking and be victorious in this battlefield, this battleground of my mind? We fix our thoughts on truth. Paul goes on to say and says, fix your thoughts on what is noble. Say noble. Noble. What is noble? What does that mean? Noble means in Scripture that which inspires reverence and awe. It refers to dignity, something that's worthy of respect, something that's honorable. Paul says to think on thoughts that are worthy of our thoughts. This word is often associated with with holiness or holy things, if you will, that which is holy. What do we know? Well, we know when we come to church, we pour out our, our hearts in song to God in worship. We sing, we sing that song, pour it out, God, pour out revival on us. Now, why do we pour out worship to God? Why? One reason, because God is worthy. God is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our respect, that we would be in awe of God, that our minds would be lifted up to the majesty of God. But the idea here is Paul doesn't want us just to fix our thoughts on the majesty of God and the awe of God here on a Sunday morning. He wants that to be in our lives constantly, fixing our thoughts on what is noble. So what can we do? Well, you do what you do here at church. You listen to sermons. Listen to sermons during the week. You, 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 you worship God during the week. And you know one of the best places to worship God is? In your car. That you can have a church service in your car. That's the time where you get to, you know, turn on the music and listen to worship songs and sing along. And you know what? You can choose how it sounds. You're like, you know what? I want it loud. Turn it up. No one's there. You know what? That's too loud. I want it as quiet as possible. Okay, turn it down. Okay, you know what? I really don't like, you know, that bass rumble. No problem. Turn it off. You know, I like the high-pitched squealing. Okay, turn up the treble. You can choose how the sound will be as you worship God, and you have yourself a little worship service. Just keep your eyes open if you can. But that's an opportunity to pour out. God's saying, fix your thoughts on what is noble. God is worthy of our, he is majestic and he is worthy of our praise. And we can do that during the week. We can listen to audio books that build up. You know, again, something that is worthy of respect and audible. Spiritual audio books. Books or movies that build up, that inspire documentaries of people of faith or or autobiographies of people of faith or people who displayed great courage. Maybe you have, you know, family movie nights and maybe you decide, hey, we're going to skip watching a Marvel movie and watch something instead that's meaningful or memorable, something that will actually add value to my family. Think about that which is majestic, awe-spiring, noble. He goes on, Paul says, fix your thoughts also on what is right. Say right. Right. Fix your thoughts on what is right or on what is just. 
And when he says this, Paul understands it's easy for you and I to focus on what just isn't right. And I find that in my life that I, I do a thought audit and I go, man, the things I've been thinking, it's just not right. And I've been consumed by something that isn't right. And I got to tell you, I, I just, again, I, I feel like I've brought this up recently, probably because of the series we're in. But then, you know, the majority of, of news out there, it's just not right. It's not right. In fact, the, the, the strategy employed by people, companies, politicians, governments, the strategy today is to say anything that is extreme, outrageous, or outlandish. And the reason is, is because if you can say something that's just, like we think, did people used to talk this way? And we say, no, they didn't. Well, because if you say something that's extreme, outlandish, or outrageous, it grabs a hold of the social media algorithms, and that will result in more tweets, more retreats, more posts, more likes, more clicks, more views. And that's, of course, you know, makes money and all that kind of stuff for people. Paul says, don't dwell on on what's newsworthy, so to speak. Dwell on what's right. And what is right? Well, right in Scripture ultimately is used of God himself, right or righteousness, which is conformity to God's standard. In the book of Judges, the people of Israel, they were in a period of time in their history where they decided to turn their back on God's ways and God's truth and God's standard. And it says in Judges 21, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. You see, the right filter, it's not doing what's right in my eyes. It's doing what's right in the eyes of God, according to this holy standard of God, to his standard of truth. That choosing, that I say, okay, God, I'm looking at my my thoughts and what I'm thinking about, and I invite you, ask the question every day. Are my thoughts right in the eyes of God or in, the eye, or in my own eyes? The, the Israelites in the book of Judges, you just watch over and over what God had to have happen in their lives as they just went down the wrong path. Their thoughts were wrong. They were focused on what was right in their own eyes. And I encourage you, I challenge you every day. Is this right in my eyes or is it right in God's eyes? There's times you just know man, my thinking isn't right. How do you know? It's the Holy Spirit stirring you. And you know, man, it's not right. It's not lining up with the ways of God and the heart of God. So Paul invites us, use this filter. Use the right filter. You want to change your thinking so you can change your life? Paul goes on and says, fix your thoughts on what is pure. Say pure. Fix your thoughts on what is pure. Now, this Greek word for pure refers to moral purity. It refers really to the holiness of God that comes and is displayed in our life and the way we live out our lives, moral purity. Paul says, if you want to change your thinking, then focus on that which is morally clean. Here's an old-timey word. That's what, which is wholesome. Think about that. Man, if you haven't figured it out by now, if you've been on another planet or something, our lives are being shaped by social media today, for good and for bad. 
social media, advertisers, they're all, they know we're in front of our, our screens and they're doing everything they can to impact our thought life because they know that will impact our behaviors. If they can affect our thinking, they know that will influence our behaviors. I was thinking about that this week and, and thinking back when I was four, five, six, seven years old and a couple thoughts came to mind. One was Pete Ellis Dodge, Long Beach Freeway, Firestone Exit, Southgate. How do I, as a five-year-old, know what Pete Ellis Dodge, Long Beach Freeway, Firestone Exit, Southgate is? I, don't, I live in South Orange County. I have no idea what Long Beach Freeway is. I know, have no idea what Southgate is, Firestone Exit. I just know that there's a dude named Pete Ellis Dodge. Turns out Dodge wasn't his last name, but, you know, it, it was a car coming. How in the world do I know that? How in the world do I know Cal Worthington and his dog Spot? How do I know as a five-year-old if I want a car or truck, go see Cal? If I want a truck or car, go see Cal. If you want your payments low and you want to save some dough, go see Cal, go see Cal, go see Cal. <laughs> How do I know that? Now, apparently, you know that, too, because I heard he moved to Northern California. May I don't know if you heard the same jingle. How do I know me and Sparklet's Water are making friends? Or as Heather told me, what, what are you talking about? It's me and Alhambra Water making friends. I guess that was NorCal. How do I know that? How do I remember that from when I was five years old? How do I know that when I say, please don't squeeze the, you say, how do I know that? How do you know that? How do you know when I say taste great, less filling? How do I know when you say, when I say, where's the, you say? And all the younger people are like, what are they talking about? Some of you are like, I have no idea what just happened. Okay, we just, some of us older people, we just dated ourselves. But think about how insane that is. They got into our thoughts 40-something years later. I still know about a dude named Pete Ellis Dodge. I still know about Cal Worthington and his dog Spot. And if I want payments low, I didn't know what payments low back then. And I didn't know what saving, I didn't know what that meant. And yet it infiltrated my thoughts and it affected me. A lot of what social media and advertisers are doing today to shape our thoughts, listen, a lot of it isn't morally pure. It's not. It's not holy. It's saturated with impurity. Not everything, but a lot of it isn't pure. So what do we do? The psalmist asks that question. And, and in Psalm 119, he says, how can a young man keep his way pure? That's a great question. How do I keep pure in my thoughts? Well, he goes on, he says, very simple, by living according to God's word. By seeking God with all of our hearts. By seeking God and saying, God, I don't want to stray from your ways, your commands, your truth. In verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How do we keep our ways pure? By God's word embedded into our hearts, into our thoughts. That's how we stay pure. You know, sometimes I think about this and I go, man, it's, it really isn't rocket science. It's not. 
We have the choice. Do we want to be pure? Do I want our thoughts to be pure? Man, be in God's word. So here's just a simple idea. How about you take your phones and, and on your home screen, make sure that the Version Bible app is on your home screen so you can click on it and boom. You know, the verses or, or scripture you read for the day and highlighted for the day, it's right there. It's easy to see. How about you take all your social media apps and you put them on the last page so that at least just takes a moment to get there, to help us, just a tip. Make it a step or two for those apps that are designed to suck you in, that they want to influence your thoughts. They want to shape your thoughts. When my son Cameron was in high school, him and his buddies did something every week together I thought was pretty incredible. They got together, and they got together all the time for different things, but once a week they got together for one sole purpose. They'd gather together, they'd sit around, and they would read the Bible. They would read two chapters every week together, out loud, and then they would spend the rest of their time together talking about those two chapters and what it said and how it influences and impacts their life. They were saying, listen, we want to think about and we want to dwell on that which is pure. And we want moral purity and we want that to impact the way we live our lives. So I want to encourage you, pause and at least evaluate or reevaluate your social media and news consumption. Just pause in light of this idea of us thinking about what is pure and moral purity and knowing that, that there's people out there, there's things out there, there's institutions out there that are trying to affect our purity and impact us. And is your consumption, is it helping your thought life or hurting your thought life? Some of us might want to consider limiting our exposure because we're being bombarded with impurity. In fact, I would, I would encourage you to do this. Try this for one week. Consider a social media word of God exchange. And here's what I mean by that. How many, how many minutes or how many days, however it is that you listen to, listen to the word of God or read a word of God, and what about your, your um, minutes on social media? How about you just flip those for one week? One week. And see what happens. Now, some of you, you're like, man, I'm already in the Word 10 hours a week. I mean, I got, I'm, I'm good. Okay, for those of you, great. But most likely for the rest of us, we could probably flip those and see how God works on your thought life. Fix your thoughts on what is pure, what is morally clean. Filter out the impurities. He goes on and says, fix your thoughts on what is lovely. Say lovely. Sounds like something your grandma might say, right? Fix your thoughts on what is lovely, right? And, and, but what does that mean? It, it, it translated, it means pleasing and agreeable and attractive. And yeah, we would say sin is attractive, but it's not pure and it's not right and it's not full of truth. So it's the wrong type of attractive. On the other hand, of course, Jesus is inherently attractive. He is inherently lovely that he would die so that you and I could live you know, I was, I, was, I was in the car this week, and, and, and the song, maybe I was thinking about the sermon, I'm not sure, but the song came to mind, Here I Am to Worship. And it says this, here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're altogether lovely, you're altogether worthy, God, you're altogether wonderful to me. 
See, that's me fixing my thoughts on Jesus. That is lovely, but lovely has another connotation as well. In Isaiah chapter 52, it says, How beautiful, some translations say, how lovely on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, and who proclaim salvation, who say, our God reigns. So we, the, the, the psalmist is saying, or Isaiah is saying there to fix our thoughts on what is lovely, which is focusing on God's mission for us and God's purposes for our lives. Jesus called us to go make disciples. And so if we're going to think about what is lovely, we're going to have our thoughts fixed on the mission of God, which causes us then to think about those in our circle, in our orbit, who don't know Jesus. That causes us then to say, okay, those people don't know the Lord. Okay, I want to pray for those people. So I'm thinking on what is lovely. And God's called me to his mission. I'm going to pray for them. Oh God, give me opportunity. Give me divine appointments to share your good news with them, to share that you reign, that you are God, that you are worthy of majesty and awe and respect, and that you are a God who loves us and wants to have a relationship with us. Think about what is lovely. It's thinking about the mission of God. Paul goes on and says, want to change your life, change your thinking, fix your thoughts on what is admirable. Admirable. Say the word admirable. 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 What is wor- that's what is worthy of talking about. What is well spoken of. Simplest de- definition, admirable. What is a good report? What is a good report? We talked about the 12 spies who went to spy on the land of Canaan, their promised land. Remember that? We talked about that last week if you were with us. And 10 of them came back and they had a bad report. Two of them had a good report. 10 of them, they all had the same evidence. And what we discover in that story is that their bad thoughts led to their bad report. Their bad report led to all the people because of the bad report and all these thoughts going into people's lives and those, their thoughts were being shaped by the bad report. That led to the people grumbling against God, complaining against God. Their thoughts led to bad decisions. God tells us to dwell on good reports, something worth talking about. So God says, focus, fix your thoughts, find the good Look for the good in others and in your circumstances. Find it. So here's the challenge. Will you give a good report, an admirable report, each and every day this week? Till we gather again together next Sunday. Will you look for the good, look for the admirable, give a good report each and every day? Fix your thoughts on what is admirable. The final thought filter Paul said to fix your thoughts on what is excellent or praiseworthy. So, God, so Paul says, man, just actively look and pay attention and think about, man, that's, that's a praise God moment right there. That's excellent. That's worthy of praise. That's worthy of lifting up a shout to God. You see something, someone do something that is encouraging to somebody else or that blesses you, man, you praise God for that. You think about that. You tell them that. You tell them what they did was excellent. You tell them what they did was amazing. You tell them, hey, you influenced me today. You tell them, man, I praise God for you. You think about that, you see that, you search for that. Find something every single day to celebrate that's praiseworthy, that's excellent. Find it. Find it in people and find it in circumstances. 
In summary, Paul just says it this way, Philippians 4.8, think about such things. Think about such things. Now, this is interesting. The Greek language here that this is written in, the word think or think about is a present tense command. Say command. In other words, Paul's not giving us an option. He says this is a present tense command. So present tense, here's a better way of translating the verse. The better way to say it is keep on focusing your thoughts on such things. Present tense, keep on, keep on, keep on thinking about it. This isn't a one-time thing, you just keep on. So in my career, I'm going to be thinking about and dwelling upon that which is pure and excellent, praiseworthy and true and trustworthy. In my family, in my relationships, in my ministry, whatever my ministry is, in my hobbies, my, my thoughts filter that I'm going to be dwelling on and thinking about, it's going to help me determine the movies I watch, the TV shows I watch, the music I listen to, the books I read, the people I follow. And for some of us, that means maybe we unfollow certain people. It's going to affect the conversations I engage with. This thought filter that I'm going to keep on focusing on is going to affect who I spend time with, who I date, who I marry how I view the circumstances of my life. When, I'm going, when there's fear in my life and anxiety, when there's depression in my life, when there's struggles in my life, I'm going to have the thought filter, Paul's thought filter, lay on top of my fears. And this is my fear, but I'm laying right on top of that God's truth. And I'm going to speak truth, and I'm going to think about truth into that fear I have man, I have some anxiety going on and I'm struggling with something. Well, I'm going to lay right on top of that, that which is a good report. And I'm going to think about that which is well spoken of. And and, and I'm anxious about this, but man, I'm going to think about something that is worthy to say, man, God is good and God is moving and God is active. Your thoughts are an investment in your future. Say the word investment. Investment. So what do you want your future to look like? If you focus on truth, your future will be one of which is filled with truth and you will speak truth. If you focus on noble things, nobility will be a part of your life. If you seek out lovely things, then then your life will be lovely to others and the gospel will be lovely to others. If you dwell on that which is right, wrong just won't be as attractive to you. If you think on that which is pure, your life will be full of moral purity. If you search for that which is excellent and praiseworthy, and you'll elevate your life and you'll elevate the lives of others. That's God's great desire for you, that you put this thought filter into your life, that you absorb them, you focus on them, you you dwell on them, you put them into your life. Use the Philippians 4.8 thought filter and keep on focusing on that, what, that which is true and pure and noble and right and admirable and excellent or praiseworthy. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're in a battle. It's a war. And God, I know without a doubt just I think about this thought filter you've given us, the reason I struggle is I just 
I'm not using the right filter. And so, God, I pray you would stir all of us this week to pour our hearts and souls into this thought filter, focusing on that which is true and pure and excellent and admirable and of good report and praiseworthy. And God, right now, as we we think about and dwell on your truth of Scripture and what you did on the cross, Lord Jesus, fill us up with your truth. Speak to our hearts and lift us up as we hear your word now, as we go before you in this time of communion. We love you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.